Where's Otis? He's not in his cell. I shot him. Well, that's... What? Now I'm going down to Emmett's fix-it shop to fix Emmett. Cool. All right, well, <clears throat> we're in. Now i got to get all jazzed up. got to get all jazzed. Ah! Oh, that's a good oh way God. to get jazzed. Yeah, that's a good way to get jazzed, baby. <clears throat> Welcome to Tripod, a podcast about cinema's unofficial trilogies. Three films, which are not linked by the usual elements like characters or plot, but instead are connected by a director or a writer or an actor, or sometimes much, much less. I am Tyree. I'm Matt. And today we are kicking off Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time trilogy with the 1968 shoot 'em up spaghetti western <laughs> Once Upon a Time in the West. Damn it, I almost made it the entire way. So through. close. So I close. You know, I fumbled the such ball a, right in the <laughs> right in the last quarter there. It's been uh it's been such a long time since we've recorded that I uh I forgot that I had a little part in that. I forgot I needed to say that I like my name. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, my turn. Yeah, Two and throwback to the Con Air episode, which I just is still fresh in my memory. We didn't even introduce ourselves. Well, that was my fault because oh. I, I was distracted because we had a guest and also... No, no, we... no, no. That was, that was face-off. So oh, we okay. That we didn't too. introduce ourselves in Con Air? No, I just went straight. I didn't say, I'm Tyree, and then you, you wouldn't have been prompted. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I tried editing in a previous one, and there was just no way... <laughs> Yeah, to get right. it to go, no, no, so. no. Yeah, that's you can always tell when something's dropped in. Well, yeah, anyway. In a, Look, in it's a, neither here nor there. We're talking about Once Upon a Time in a Trilogy, as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to think of a better way to make this trilogy name ring a bit better. The Once, Once Upon a, a Time pr- trilogy is pretty good. Yeah, I, I guess it. so. It's, I mean, it's nothing like the Dollars trilogy, which is no. Leone's original, well, first trilogy. That just rolls off the tongue. It does. And you know what I noticed last night? Look, because it's, you know, this is obviously dictated by the wheel. Where you know we don't pick and choose what we get, yeah. so we the could tyranny have, of the wheel. Yeah, the, the, we we we're ruled by it. We could have done the Dollars trilogy first because yeah. he, that's his first one, and then it's mm. followed by. And I was also thinking you could also, if this was like a, um, what would you call it, like a couplet or something? Yeah, because there's Once Upon a Time in the West, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in America. Then there's I could you could call like the fistful couplet, which is the fistful of dynamite and fistful of dollars. Oh, I see what you're doing. And yeah, then you could right, do the yeah. dollars, which is. Oh, but then I guess you yeah, get that's yeah that doesn't yeah that breaks that, apart yeah there. it doesn't break yeah because then you got yeah. good the bad and the out yeah okay. there's no clean I was way thinking of doing it, it I was thinking it worked yeah. really cleanly but it doesn't but you know what the funny thing is uh, so yeah we're talking about this trilogy once of, upon a time trilogy I'm interested because the first trilogy is all spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood so it's yeah. going to be a very kind of Harkening back to like the Edgar Wright trilogy we did, which was director and actor, which yep. was like the consistency. This direct one is... actor and like production designer, yeah, and yeah, probably writers, and probably everything, yeah, definitely we, composer, same crew, probably a lot yeah. of the time. But we yeah. don't know necessarily. Well, I, I haven't, I haven't looked into the next two in this trilogy at all. Ah, and this is exciting because okay. I haven't seen any of these movies. I have a poster of this film on my wall, and I've only ever seen the first fifteen minutes of it. So it was really cool to <laughs> surface watch it. level, yeah, surface yeah, surface surface level le- appreciation. Like real, real, uh, yeah, like a real fake fan. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. It's a great movie. I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the second one is known by a couple of names. Uh, obviously, we'll get to this in the episode when it comes next week. Yeah. But it's called, it's known to a lot of people as A Fistful of Dynamite. 
It's known to a whole bunch of other people as duck you sucker. Watch, wait, watch wait, that squeaking. No, you just like squeaking. Squeak, you just like like that. I don't know if it's picking up. We can cut it that, will but... probably get picked up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a squeaky chair. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> There's four in here. I could stand. Well, I'm not gonna switch. Okay, I'll just uh, I'll stand still. Um, yeah, it's known as duck you sucker to a whole bunch of other people, but in France, it's known as once upon a time the revolution. Oh, okay. So it yeah. technically all yeah, because the, yeah. the it's inconsistent with that second title. Yeah, that kind of, and it's a very un very unofficial trilogy. Very, I think Sergio Leone never. never I don't actually. think he ever planned on making a trilogy out of this. Do you know the story behind why he made Once Upon a Time in the West in the first place? Um, was it because he couldn't get Once Upon a Time in America up? That's right. Yeah, he was he was done with westerns in general. I think he had made however many at this point. And he was like, all right, I think I can close the book on the Western now. I'm done. I don't know what else I can say. Well, because he did the original Dollars trilogy, which yeah. ended with Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. And then, yeah, he was like, I'm done with spaghetti Westerns. I want to move on yeah. to, to other things. Yeah, he had a gangster movie in mind. Yes. But Paramount was like, yeah, but you're the Western guy. Yeah, Come right. On. And so he had closed the book on it. He didn't know what else there was to say within the genre anymore. Uh, but he was his hand was forced, more or less, to make another Western. And he mm. thought, well, how about I... How about instead of saying something within the genre, I just say something about the genre, and that's what Once Upon the West, Once Upon a Time in the West. Fuck, that's what this movie's about. That's what this movie's about. It's a movie about westerns, basically. Yeah, we will really get into it. Yeah, and as someone who I've, I've, uh, it was really cool watching this because I know, I know of its influence on like some of my favorite, like directors and writers like Vince Gilligan for instance like his his rule whenever he got people on to the Breaking Bad set to be a new director of an episode he would get them to watch the first like the opening scene of this film did you know that (laughs) he would literally as like a tone setter he'd be like come here come here and he'd like get him to sit down and be like this is what we're going for. Watch and all he, ten minutes. Yeah, he'd get literally he'd be like this is this is the not only the pace but the intense kind of visual storytelling that we're yeah. going for in this series. Wow. He would get them to watch the opening 10 minutes, um, which is obviously that really iconic kind of, you know, arguably one of the one of the best opening scenes in terms yeah. of just like True. just sucking you in. Yeah. That silent, you know, um, train station scene mm-hmm. where the three gunmen are, uh, or the three, what are they called? The three dusters. The three dusters, <laughs> are, I guess. Are waiting. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he would get them to watch, he would get a new wow. director to watch that scene just to get them in the zone of, of, of what Breaking Bad was kind of trying to do. I think it yeah. translates because I was watching, I was picking up so many things that I was like, you know, I've, I wrote down a list of all mm-hmm. the similarities between the film and the series. Did you wow. notice a few things? There was one in particular. What did you notice? It jumps right ahead and spoilers for Breaking yeah, yeah. Bad and spoilers for the movie that we are talking about right now. Uh, at the end, when Shane's dying in the dry river and Harmonica, he tells Harmonica to go away so he can die alone. Yes. I was like, Mike. Mike, yes. Surely. I yes. felt that. Yes, 100%. Wild. Yes. I couldn't tell if I was just like pulling at straws. Let me I was like, die it in peace. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely one of them. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because yeah. I forgot um, that one in particular, wow. but I wrote that down. The other one I noticed was, um, again, spoilers, but with, you know, you, if you listen to this, you would have watched it. Um, Get with the when times. Harmonica drops to his knees yeah. and his brother is killed like in the noose and oh, that no shot shit. of him falling on his, the oh, side of, of his face. And I was like, Gus with the brother and all this stuff. I was like, this is so, so similar. Like it yeah. has to be directly influenced. The yeah. other thing I thought, and this is potentially way too far of a stretch, was there is a villainous character who is like mm. um, uh, physically like hampered, yeah. which I was thinking like, 
Hector oh, yeah. in the wheelchair yeah, yeah, yeah. and the train like tycoon in mm. his with his crutches and he's like what was it um uh, tuberculosis tuber- of the bones. Tuberculosis <laughs> of the bones. I was like, what the hell? Uh, Very specifically, which I'm sure is an bones. awful thing to deal with. But yeah, especially especially back in then. the wild west. Oh my god. They, yeah. God. How brutal is it where they're just like he's didn't well, someone called him like a half man? Like it's all someone that stuff. Ca- he gets like, a lot of names thrown at him. He oh gets, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, as bad as have you seen have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No. It is. Well, I shouldn't. I'm not even going to make the joke. <laughs> um, I retract this. But joke. yeah, so that was another similarity. Oh, there was one. There was I think a few more. Um, but one of them I thought was definitely like way too far of a stretch was like the, and this is debatable because I don't actually know if it happened, but yeah. the woman, so Skylar and also, um, Jill, Jill yeah. slept with a, like an antagonistic character oh, Okay, yeah, to yeah, kind yeah. of, to kind of get, make like a bit yeah. of a power move kind of thing. I was mm-hmm. like, this is like similar to what happens with like, mm. you know, Ted and all. Anyway, so there was just heaps of stuff that I was you like, could... there's so many. So, and also just generally the, the, like Gilligan intended, mm. like the visual storytelling, mm-hmm. the, the cueing of like the sound, all this stuff. I was like, God, the I was way just sound and image by this yeah. film. The way sound and image just work so well together. Yeah. You could glean through this movie, all two and a half hours of it. Oh, am I still loud? Oh, it's, it's I'm squeaking just again. squeaking. It's just not to interrupt, but it's literally just like. It's eh, actually my listen, shoe. Listen. It's actually my shoe. It's just that. I'm so nervous. Okay. Don't be nervous. <laughs> we can Tell cut this. Tell me how to think. Okay. okay. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yes. You could glean through this movie and find not only echoes of it in other, you know, uh, movies and TV shows to come, but also movies that it's referencing as well. Yeah. It is just built up of all these references um, from... The Searchers was one of them, I think. Like, they, searches, yeah, the, they basically, Sergio and his team just went through, like, a bunch of their favorite Westerns and were like, let's just do, like, a classic hits of, of the Western. Because yeah. this is... The 68, when this came out, is, you could argue, is kind of like the the death of like because westerns were basically like the superhero movie of mm. now which is just there was a huge glut of them there was an absolute fascination with making them and you know hollywood was kind of overrun with these like mm. tv movies and cinema you know like feature films of westerns that just were made in the 50s and 60s all kinds of series that were made like gunsmoke and and um i think there's another one called the like the deputy or, or something like that but like just so many westerns in this time period and like late 60s i think early 70s i think if, I might be wrong, but 1972, I think, was Butch, Cass- Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That sounds about right. Which was, yeah. again, that kind of, like, commentary on what a Western... Yeah. Well, and you kind of get these stories of, like, um, there ain't no room for cowboys no more. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, we're moving on. The, the, West, the like, West is civilized now. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thematics that are yeah. coming through in these later Westerns where it's almost commenting... Mm. It's it's the end of the Western film yeah. as well as the end of like the West in in within these films yeah. is like there are no room for gun gun singers no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know we're a civilized town yeah. now. The you know? fairy tale Wild West ends with this movie pretty much. Yeah, this is pretty much a signpost saying okay, westerns are done. Certainly in and the spaghetti western the yeah. like canon, and I would yeah. say in the in the American western canon, it's mm. Butch Cassidy and, and Sundance, which is yeah. I think the, they're, they're the two kind of twin movies mm. from the different like mm. juggernauts of like yeah Leone, and then um, you know the kind of the western the western uh, canon of, of of westerns. I think it was Christopher Frayling, who's an author and um, uh, and I don't know what else, an author basically who studied. Mm. Sergio Leone was one of the first people to do it. Mm. He'd gleaned through this movie many, many times. Um, and I think he pointed out almost 30 to, 30 to 40 references to other Westerns 
packed within wow. this movie that is there. And it's subtle things where it's like, that could be a bit of a stretch. But also, when you consider how much the the writers, who we should also talk about, and then the director, Sergio mm. Leone, how much they talk about um, their influences mm. and how much they are just drawing from all these other Hollywood movies and westerns that were made. Mm. Doesn't seem like that much of a stretch to think. Okay, maybe they were, yeah, making direct references here to like Shane, High Noon, mm. uh, The Searchers, like you said, and however many more there are out there that I just don't know because I'm not a Western guy. I don't know about you, but I haven't watched too many Westerns. I haven't watched, I've watched a few spaghetti yeah. Westerns. Yeah, not too I, many I, Western Westerns. I think I've I've watched in terms it's a bit of, of a blind spot. I haven't know. watched the next. I mean, because I don't even know. Like, obviously, the Dollars trilogy is all yeah. spaghetti westerns. Yeah. But if this is, I, 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 um, I'm guessing that a fistful of dynamite is is a western, and then I would imagine that um, Once Upon a Time in America, I don't, I don't believe is. Mm. Uh, it's more of a gangster thing. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. But yeah, in yeah. terms of like classic westerns, I've seen like. Um, uh, the the big country, which is one of my dad's favorites, is with okay. Gregory Peck. It's actually a fantastic. I rewatched it. It was like the joke, the running joke in my family was like we'd put on a movie and like you know dad be like, "What about?" and we'd be like, "No, not the big country." <laughs> like like he de- he never tried, he never pushed it on us that much. But like I remember we watched it as kids and yeah. like it's just too slow and too like you know. The, the, What's it called? The big country. The big country. You yeah. Keep on wanting to watch big country, Dad. What yeah, is it that's with pretty you? much. But but he literally it wasn't. It wasn't. Neat. It was. It was. It wasn't fair because he showed it to us once as young boys. And Dad, to be fair, he brought home like he introduced us to like Monty Python. He introduced okay, us right. to like all this amazing stuff, James yeah. Bond, all this, all yeah. this stuff. And then he showed us this one movie that we were like, "What? Like, Dad, this is so lame and so slow <laughs> and whatever." I rewatched it with him like a, like a few weeks ago, a few months yeah. ago, whatever. And I literally halfway through like looked at him and I was like, "I'm so sorry. This is great. <laughs> it was." It's awesome. I was just um, a dumb kid back then. Dad. Yeah, I, I so didn't know any better. I'm, I'm like you. I haven't seen a ton. So I like. There's a few classics that I need to get around to, but, um, but certainly seeing this one was like probably. I, I, this is maybe the favorite. Like I will. I don't think we've given each other our opinions yet, but this is yeah. potentially like the favorite. My favorite film we've done in this show so far. Wow. And it's the what like the um tenth movie we've done. Yeah. Um. So there's not a huge list of of films there, but yeah. like I, I especially I think. I want to get into later on in like the mm. second act or the I don't I don't know the second half of the film, yeah. but the the opening few scenes of this mm. were like I was just riveted and was so because because I could see that this film kind of walked so that Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul could run any in a Tarantino sense like and any of the Tarantino well. like yeah. all this stuff that I'm really been influenced by in the last few years, yeah. like. I was it, the the. This the, is the, the Rosetta pace. Stone of understanding all these different. things It is, you but love. can I can I show you this? I'm going to change chairs real quick. As well. Oh yeah, go go Say for it. Say that again. Ever since you mentioned it, and I'm just it. I want to show it's you. It'll be worse. It'll be like. Yeah. Here we go. Um, yeah. So so with that with it is, it is squeaky. It is squeaky. Uh, I think so. That's right. Um, I'll not, not move. Go so ahead. I want to show you this thing that I found online, which is, you know, we this movie is, uh, it doesn't really, you know, not that it matters, but this movie is ranked in kind of the top 100 films on a lot of lists of like, yeah. you know, IMDb or Letterboxd is like ranked like 56 or Certainly something. Certainly top five Westerns as well. Exactly. Right. Like huge movie yeah. these days. Like everyone kind of knows about it or a lot of people in the film world, whatever. Yeah. This is an interview with Henry Fonda who plays the baddie, which in itself was like a huge revelation because Henry Fonda was like known for like, you know, back in the day where actors were like, you're either a good boy, you're, you're a good a good boy you're a good boy you're a good guy or you're a heavy like that's that yeah. Yeah, they couldn't translate they couldn't go yeah. between no it's still the same today like how many times have you seen tom hanks play yeah no you're right yeah, yeah. well this this that's a great 
that's a great reference because yeah. I think it would be the equivalent if it, is Tom, yeah. if Tom Hanks played a real bad a child is, murderer. Exactly, like Henry yeah. Fonda is maybe one of the kind of worst yeah. characters of this time, and also like you know still he's like yeah. pretty reprehensible. This is the Dick Cavett show. This is the Dick Cavett show. Yeah, have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, I've seen this. All right, I want to yeah. just play for our audience this insane thing that Dick Cavett says, and just that kind of paints the picture of how, um, how little these spaghetti westerns were piercing yeah. the the public. Or the the pop culture mm. at the time. So I should I should explain. This is Henry Fonda on the Dick Cavett show explaining how bad he is as a character, and then Dick yeah. Cavett is so surprised that he then like asks this crazy question. Yeah. And the guy here next to me says, because uh, we haven't killed the whole family, obviously now. And he says, "What are we going to do now, Frank?" My name is Frank, and I sort of spit a little tobacco out and look at him, and I say, "You call me by name," and turn back to the boy. And I shoot the little boy. That's is that being a heavy? That's for openers. That's the first scene. That's just that's just the audience warm up. <laughs> was this film made? Yes, and it was very successful. Was this film made? Was this, film made? this is in 1972. It's hard to tell it's, if he's being facetious. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine an A-list actor on a talk show now going onto a talk show? And talking about a movie that they made, they made four years ago, yeah. and the interviewer saying, "Was this ever made?" Yeah, this yes. film is, like you said, one of the probably the most quoted, most known, one of the most known mm. westerns ever, certainly yeah. in the top five. Yeah, and he said, "Was this film made <laughs> four years after its release?" Which shows I, I was stunned by that in terms that of question, yeah. how. Yeah, because like yeah. that—that's—that's that's just not possible now. Well, it's also one even of those if a, even where... if a famous actor went and made a film yeah. these days in Spain, yeah. like I—I I, I don't know, maybe maybe yeah. it's possible, yeah. but it that that because of the context now, and I'm not blaming um, Dick Cavett. Mm. I think that's fair enough because it just wasn't you know in cinemas back then, like in America, like 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 it wasn't Henry as Fonda widely said. distributed. But I just no thought internet. I was stunned yeah. by that. I was yeah. like, wow, that's, that's crazy. an odd question, but it's hard to tell with Dick Cavett if he's ever being facetious or funny. <laughs> He's such a he's such an interesting character. Like just the side jabs. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand it. But like the other thing was, this movie just wasn't successful. Mm. And I'm I was trying to think of a movie in the last ten years, or maybe it needs to be a movie in the last twenty years that is like this one. In that didn't make a lot of money, mm. was critically not well received in Hollywood, but mm. maybe you know well received in Europe and stuff. Yeah. Um, but has gone on to become this thing. Shawshank, this big, I reckon. Shawshank? Yeah. That was the most recent one, you think? Sure. Well, in terms of... Big Lebowski is another one. Now big Lebowski is another it. one. I would, But in terms of but people... But it still isn't like yeah, as I influential would, as this thing is. Yeah, I'd say Shawshank comes to mind purely because I think when it was released, um, it did not get... Like that movie came... That movie became what it is now because mm-hmm. of the fact that it was played a lot on TV. Ah, um, and people ah. would just be people fell in love with it that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it made a lot of money at the cinemas. It certainly it certainly got a lot of um, critical backlash mm. because it was like seen as kind of this weird, um, hopeful, strange painting of of convicts ah. and of of criminals. It was yeah. like ah, why are they also like charming and like why why are they trying to make us feel bad for this mm. like scourge of society kind of thing? Oh wow! Um, so they, 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 it was yeah, it was really. St- I mean this this again this is not this is not a hundred percent of the reception, but yeah. certainly a lot of it was this this because it was it was it came out in the 90s where there was like a lot of crackdown on criminals and ah. and and um you yeah. know uh and that kind of like uh thing in in the mm-hmm. states so mm-hmm. people weren't in a in a people weren't ready to see criminals portrayed mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. which is interesting because also films like the green mile yeah. and you know other things came out in that time which was kind of more like 
painting them as like misunderstood yeah. or you having know. a criminal as the main character. Yeah. 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 And that's the same with this in a way. I mean, it's taking the fairy tale Western gunslinger hero and then making them less virtuous, less idealistic, mm. more like these lonely drifters who just can't integrate with society basically. Yeah. So it's, it wouldn't be such a stretch to imagine. Well, yeah, a lot well, of the American audience would have been like, ah, I don't like this phony baloney crap. Yeah, that's like well put. That's spaghetti well Western. I, I was trying garbage. to figure out. I was fun at trying to figure out that, like, what what it was saying because I read a bunch of stuff afterwards. It was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a Western comment commenting on on Western, and it's well, a European so. director commenting on America as well. So there's mm. always that little bit of, you know, mud slinging. It seems between like Europe and America in a way where it's yeah. like, ah, it isn't. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Anyway, what what was there any um. Moments that, because for me, after like I, I watched the opening of this movie yeah. like maybe ten times and never mm-hmm. kind of continued. Wow. Maybe maybe because I think long yeah. movies sometimes don't like have me daunted. Where it's a like, hundred minutes of viewing. It's a ten minute opening. Is that what you're saying? No, it's a, what do you mean? What? A hundred oh, minutes? Shut up! Shh, what? <laughs> no, it's ten minutes, but you watched it ten times. Oh yes, no, 10. true. Yes, yeah. I could have just watched the whole thing. No, I just, I think it was just you know YouTube viewing of it, whatever. But like, yeah, it, it's nearly a three-hour film, and oh, I just yeah. never, never really gave it a shot. But it's supposedly uh, but... a five-hour, five hours worth of film out there somewhere. Really? And well, yeah. The original the script was like, was like oh, I gotta cut this down. Yeah, the original, <laughs> the original script was like four hundred and fifty, four hundred and sixty pages or something. Good um, God. Yeah, which is wow. to to for our listeners who um, aren't aren't. Uh, in the know, it's like typically a minute per page, and Pretty so much, most yeah. scripts, when they're produced, are about 120, 150 yeah, yeah, pages yeah. max. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was this this needed to be cut down for sure. But I think that's just by by the um, virtue of them just grabbing everything mm. they wanted to do yeah. from a lot of different westerns and yeah. putting it in, and then creating this story out of it. But yeah. yeah, there was when I was first watching it, that scene obviously that comes right after where the the family is killed. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> I couldn't. I was just like. This is like the Weasleys of the West. Like <laughs> they just, I was like, "What's going on?" But the, I, I was kind of nervous when I watched that scene. I was oh. like, oh, maybe this because it's the opening scene is so good. Yeah, like I love it so much okay, that I was yeah, like, yeah. "This is gonna, is this gonna live up to this opening?" And so when the second yeah. scene started and it was kind of more traditional Western of like, "Don't worry, dear, we're gonna have bread slices the size yeah, of doors yeah. one but day." Again, like, and that's the thing; it's subverting your expectations. Yeah, all over exactly. Again, and I was like, like oh, uh, "Look, it's gonna be a bit more chill." I was now. like, "I don't want like apply a little, the brakes. I don't want a like yeah. little house on the prairie kind of vibe for this." Yeah. Me, I was like, "Yeah." And then when the murders start happening and when the dad sees his daughter go down and it's yeah. that really um, dynamic shot where it's like the, the tracking of him running, yeah. I, it's so unusual to see such an incredible shot in like a real, like an older film. Like, you know, this is getting yeah. on 60 years more mm. or, or whatever now. And I was like, it, yeah, that surprised me mm. with the the motion of the camera yeah. and the track. And when he runs and then he goes down and all, like, Tumbles, all yeah. that stuff, I was like, I, I leaned forward. And then the next scene in the bar or in the, like later on in the tavern when the mums, when yeah. the mums there, mm. I was, I literally said, Oh my God. Like the shot where the lantern gets pushed towards harmonica and the, the light is going above yeah. and below his eyes like this when he's got yeah. the, I literally like sat forward and was like, Oh my God. Like, because <laughs> I was just so like, I don't know. I was like turned on by this movie. I was how like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, how it's to set so up a movie. cool. How to stage a scene. It's it's like it's you could see people watching it and being like, ah, this movie thinks it's cool. But I'm like, no, this movie like just is like it's you can't. It's not trying. It's oh, I don't know. I mean, I was 
if I, I was just like, this movie is going to just take its damn time and you're going to sit there and you're going to like it. Like, yeah. just, like, it's, it's, oh, I was so entranced. So that's why in the, in the later half, when there were a few moments that I was either confused by or like mm. less entranced by, I was like, ah, oh, this, it, it, it's just got such a strong opening, like yeah. opening, like what, half an hour, you know, it's yeah. just so yeah. cool. Yeah. 25 minutes. My general, general thoughts are mm. it's, yeah, I love this movie a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's probably, probably the best film we've looked at, which you know, isn't that much of a stretch. You know, we did. What about Rip D? <laughs> <laughs> the second best film we've reviewed. <laughs> we were talking before you, before you go into your opinion, we were, we were talking before the, um, before the podcast started and we were saying like, we've, we've done a lot of Westerns in this. And yeah. Charlie was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we did, you know, the whole Jeff Bridges. He was like, Rip D's not a Western. <laughs> He's just a cow. I was like, well, black. I guess I guess we're just doing a lot of Westerns, cowboy films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Western go, characters for sure. Go ahead. What, what, were you, what was your takeaway when you saw My it? My general takeaway is good movie. Mm. Good movie. I liked good it a Good picture. Yeah. It's it's definitely, just by virtue of it being an older movie as well, mm. that's clearly stood the test of time. Mm. It's influenced so many different things. Mm. There's just going to be so much more to unpack. And I don't want this to turn into like a, a Cecil Taylor jazz you know, concert where we're just going back and forth and talking about a bunch of random different things at once and then mm. trying to make something cohesive and make sense out of it mm. all. But there's just so much to talk about mm. and it's so interesting. And the more you look into it, the more interesting it gets. Mm. And the more stuff you watch, the more interesting it gets. It's one mm. of those things where, like we said before, where it's been influenced by so many things, but has also influenced so many things. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's a movie that's about death, Mm. Death of, you know, the West in general and Westerns in general, but then also just like dealing with mortality. And it's a movie about time. Mm. It's a movie that like holds a mirror up to itself a lot. Uh, and we've already touched on this a little bit with the things it's referencing, but it just, I don't know, sticks with you. And there are certain scenes that stuck with me. And like, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's got an Ennio Morricone score, so oh, like, there's going to be music that just like jumps scores. straight into you. That was one of the that was one of the the, the coolest aspects of it was just yeah. the how how um, <laughs> that was the weirdest noise ever. Is that a frog stuck in there? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the only way I can burp. I can't actually burp. Do you, have you? Can you burp? No. Okay, I can't burp. No, we're both. But like, because it's just air trying to escape itself up that way, right? I, it's more of me. Mine just not creeps out. Going, yeah, it sounds like, like some. That, demon. that wasn't a burp though. That was like a weird like frog thing. Well, that's know. the thing. That's what my burps are because I can't physically ever make it happen. So it just creeps out. Are we men? <laughs> are we real men? Not compared to the men in this. Oh man. Um, if this is like anything to go by, no, no, we're not. Um. Yeah, I think, well, it's what you said before about, like, if we think about where he was in his career, he just yeah. made the Spaghetti Western trilogy to kind of end all trilogies. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Capital in a moment T. where he's like, you know what, I don't want to, I want to make my gangster movie now. The studio's mm. like, no, do we want you to do another Western. And the, the, yeah. the, the thing that got, I mean, the fact that he's kind of boxed into this creative corner, like it's, right. what, what would we do if it was like... You know, it, it's that thing where he's written these these three iconic or more westerns, and he's like, "Well, I'm tired of them." They're like, "Well, that's what you do. We want you to do it yeah. again." And so he has to be like, "All right, well, I'm gonna do all my favorite stuff, but I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna like, like you said, subvert it. I'm yeah. gonna do stuff you don't expect. I'm yeah. gonna comment on everything that yes. I do. Like it's, 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 it's creativity it's, through constraint. He's yeah, against exactly. These, these he's backed up against the, the studios wall. giving him. Yeah, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna make a western, but it's gonna be a western that you've never seen before." Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay. I, I I read this thing that made me laugh a lot. Where um, like like Henry Fonda said in in that interview we just heard, um, <laughs> the movie didn't didn't do well in America, but it did well overseas, um, specifically yeah. in in France, yeah. um, and and Europe and things. And so, um, uh, <laughs> Sergio, this is this is a like a thing that I found online. Sergio Leone liked to tell a story of a cinema in Paris where the film like just ran uninterrupted for yeah. two years. Oh my god! Um, which it, now is like kind of inconceivable. Movies come and go so fast. If, I mean, if a movie does well, it lasts for maybe what? If, I mean, there's, there's the only thing to break that mold recently has been everything everywhere all at once. Yes, Cinema Nova. Yes, and that's one little boutique cinema, which is it's almost like become a meme <laughs> where it's Street. like we're still playing it. If you want to yeah? come and see it, you know. Yeah? Um, but yeah, there was this story where he visited the the theater after two years of it playing con- yeah. concurrently. Yeah. He was surrounded by fans who wanted his autograph, um, as well as like I just think, I just imagine like the these adoring fans like oh so just and then the the crowd parts <laughs> there's the crowd parts and there's just this really surly angry project projectionist who's just standing there. <laughs> And he said, he, "It's like Jaws." It says, from yeah. James Bond." Yeah, like, it's okay. like he, yeah, he's massive. It just says, "Who was less than enthusiastic?" Leone, Leone claimed the projectionist told him, and he was French, so he was goes, "I kill you." <laughs> <laughs> the same movie over and over again for two years, and it is so slow. <laughs> That's what he said. I just love the idea that he's like, "It's so slow." It's so, oh, and, and then, not even remotely French either. Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> sounds, like... sounds Italian, but. It's it's uh, it's like it's, this film is long gone. Yeah. <laughs> this film is long gone. Like ex-girlfriend. Okay. It's yeah. He says it's so slow. It's so slow. And I was like, it it lost me in a few scenes here and there yeah. towards the end. But it's never like you're never like oh hurry up. Someone um, I can't remember which composer said this. Uh, but I think it really well applies to this movie because it ended up on the cutting room floor a bit. I a lot kill of... you. That's what I mean. <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> the same movie over and over again. Yeah, just yeah, do Bon Voyage. Yeah, 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 bon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For two years. And it is so slow. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> Once upon a time, I kill you. Kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll speak to the mic there. Um, one composer or another, I don't know who, he found out that <clears throat> they were doing uh, The Ring, um, Wagner's The Ring, which is like a, you know, you have to watch it over three days or something like that. It's a long as fuck opera. Okay. He found out they were doing that, but they had cut out certain parts of the of the ring. And he said this about it. He's like, the ring is a long opera. If you chop out part if you chop parts of it out, you don't make it a fast opera. You make it a long opera with short parts. Oh. And that's wow. the same with this movie where it's like, yeah, there are bits that do drag their feet a little bit, but like taking them out makes the rest of the structure sort of crumble a bit. Mm. And it mm. It the, needs the time to really, and it's that thing of um, get you is stuck. It, in is there. it uh, um, Hitchcock's rule where it's like mm. if you if you if you have a scene where two men are sitting at a table and you um, you know an explosion goes off, yeah. it's there's there's nothing really exciting there except for the bomb. You get like five seconds of excitement, but if you show it. the bomb at the start of the scene and then have them talk for yeah. ten minutes, yeah, it's that like oh my god, the, literally the ticking clock. Yes. and that's what I found in so many of these mm. scenes where. Yes, they're drawn out, and yes, they're silent for a lot of the time. Like yeah. for my favorite scene, I think in the whole thing was the the tavern scene with mm. the the um, the wife. Uh, what's her name? Jill. 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 Did you say? Yeah, played yeah, yeah. by uh, Claudia, Claudia Cannavale. Oh yeah. Um, oh, she, uh, you know, getting to this town, getting to this like crazy, you know, untamed wilderness, goes into this bar, and this this you know gunslingers like kind of mm. have it out, but. 
the most action that happens in it is his um, uh, handcuffs getting yeah. shot, which shot. again, the, like stuff like the details of the reveal of that of of his yeah, handcuffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're just like, oh, I can see this living on today. Like I can see this where like that's why I was loving it so much. Is, yeah, and they did it. It wasn't they did it so well. Mm. Like the dialogue yeah. is. I think the dialogue is one of my favorite oh, things about Mickey this film Knox, because it's, his dialogue is so good, and it's obviously so you can good. see it in all of Tarantino's movies. Yeah. He picked it straight off from there and put it into his own thing. Yeah, the repetition of lines, the way they keep on mirroring each other with things they say. Yeah, and it doesn't feel contrived or dumb no, like it that's does the key. nowadays. Exactly, it just feels perfect. It does. Yeah, and I, that, I was getting so, so much good. of Gilligan's. Stuff. I wrote a list of quotes that I have to go over at some point yeah. in this recording because I was just like, oh my god. Do you b- do you have a favorite before we go through them? I think uh, I, have a, I think I have a favorite. I have almost a dozen, but uh, there's. Oh, fuck me. There's... I quite like the start of do, it. Where do you like, have, what's your favorite? Well, one? I mean, the classic is um, um, you got a horse for me, and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Looks like we're one short." He has that's such an interesting voice, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bought too too many. Yeah, that's pretty many. good. But I also he like the Judas. The I like the lines. Judas line later some, as well. Some of the genius of his lines is he like only has three of them. Which just makes every one of the words have so much more weight. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that one he says when he first meets Cheyenne, where um, Charles Bronson's character, who we only know as we only know as um, harmonica. harmonica, he says, "Inside the dusters were three men. Inside the men were three bullets." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I found it, I almost couldn't look past the fact that it was Charles Bronson as well, because this is the first Charles Bronson movie. Think I've seen. Oh, really? Ever. So I've gone on a yeah, bit yeah, of a yeah. not really like I've literally watched one other. I've been meaning other. to see um, Death Wish for so long. So yeah, I haven't seen Death Wish. I was looking hey, through. Wish his... I was dead. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the whole time. Um, yeah. The the other one I've seen really really recently was The Great Escape. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Um, oh, did he, he made before this? Yes, um, f- like five years before in like sixty three, sixty two. Charles yeah. Charles Bronson made a comment about this movie. I don't know how many years later. Probably on the Dick Cavett show as well. Everyone said something on the Dick Cavett show, uh, but he made this comment where he was like speaking to how unsuccessful this film was at the time. Mm. He said, uh, "I picked the wrong western because his this didn't launch his career the same way it did Clint Eastwood's." Uh, yeah, uh, right. which is. Shame. I also noticed that a lot of people, there were a few actors who turned down roles in this to be yeah. part of a film called The Wild Bunch. Oh, right. Which is a film that More is classical famous. classical Western, I guess. Yes, but it's famous for um, have, being quite violent. Ah, as yeah. much as this film is violent, I think The Wild Bunch is, is famous for kind of not, you know, those classic old film deaths mm. where it's like... Pew, and like just someone like collapsing, and... yeah, and someone collapsing with like very little blood. Like there's some shots in this where you see the bullet kind of hit faces or hit body part. Like yeah. so, it's not completely tame. But mm. the Wild Bunch is like is almost like the Indiana, the Temple of Doom of its day, where it's like, <laughs> oh, this is this this needs a new classification or like it's the black, you know, yeah, it's yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, um, it was interesting that that as westerns got more long in the tooth, the the, the directors were kind of yeah. becoming a bit more like freelance with like mm. their violence and their their kind of showing of like the I guess the um. Yeah, like the the reality of what it would have been like. Because can you imagine being in some of these actual situations? Like, the, the, I love the normality of it. Where in that tavern scene, the the barman goes right back to being like, "Sure, anyways, my sister in New Orleans." Like after about ten minutes of just him just staring at this like fight that's going on. Yeah. And then he's just like, "Oh, anyway, they, I, I thought I'd move out to the west. <laughs> oh, where it's I a love lot that. More, yeah. yeah, that was that was like one of the." Best jokes in the movie. Yeah, where that it's was like, fantastic. I was going to make that like my pause. review, where it's just quoting that and back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes, if it isn't that first one from Charles Bronson, would be at the end. Cheyenne says to him, "When they do you in, 
pray at someone who knows where to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. So that's an interesting part. Where who did he say shot him? That was it. Um, the train baron. Is this the bit that threw you a bit? It was a little he bit because, the because, man, because I think. The, so yes, the, the, the way baron. we lo- the way we leave yeah. the 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 choo choo man. Okay. Um, Mr. I can't remember his Morton. last name. Mr. Morton. Played by, oh my God, this actor. I fucking love him. Oh, I've got him on my... Gabriel Vercetti. Yeah. He's... Who we will see again in another in another trilogy. Oh, cool. Mm. Well, he's also the Have bad guy. He's also the bad guy in... Uh, he's also Draco in... Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Malfoy? Service. Oh. No. <laughs> of <laughs> the like, Malfoy Damn. variety? No. Whoa. Whoa, how did he do that? He like had a Benjamin Button effect. <laughs> Literally. No, he's in... Which, which Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yeah, the 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 ill-fated uh, the Australian um, Lazenby one. Lazenby one. Oh. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Oh no, he's actually sorry. I forgive me. He's, guy he's not. That. He's not the bad guy in that. He is uh, the um, the father of the the Bond girl, who is like oh. actually a good guy. Okay. I think okay. from memory, um, but also like kind of not. <sighs> Shall we talk a little bit about the context of this film? Yeah, go for it. Get into the context. Yeah, just a little bit. So we already touched on the fact that. Leone was ready to come to Hollywood. He didn't want to make another Western. He was kind of done with it. Mm. But Paramount was like, but you're the, you're the Western guy. It's well, like what we were saying with um, Henry Fonda playing against type. He was like, oh, well, I can't play against type, but I'll just play within this a little bit and see how far I can take it. Mm. The, this is his highest budget to date. It was $5 million USD, I think. Wow. Uh, and I heard and half of that went to the cast. Probably. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, Henry Fonda, Jesus. Mm. I mean, and, like, even Charles Bronson at the time. And, but yeah. even then you think about it, because I was watching this in, like, the scale of it. Like, it, yeah. it's not like... It's, it's his biggest film today. You know? Well, like, I mean... Compared the, to, the, the, like, the, when you the, look the, at the extras and the sets and, and the, the Yeah, the sets, the town shots of, yeah. you know, all this stuff. It was yeah. wonderfully, like, produced and mm. made and stuff. But the, the um, as you go on there, the, the uh, we should clarify, just in case people aren't fully aware, that... Um, you said he goes to like he wanted to go to Hollywood, yeah, yeah. and obviously he's a filmmaker. Some people might be like, "Wait, but you know, it's all made there." So spaghetti western is specifically like a, a genre yeah. within the western where they were made in Italy and yeah. in Spain um, because yeah. of its the, those uh, regions' similarity with like the American yeah. West and like you know the frontier. You know, yeah. it was a lot cheaper to make there. Mm. They used Italian actors, they used Spanish actors. Mm. That's why a lot of this film is dubbed some some good, some bad because yeah. the like you know for instance um, Claudia Cannavale. Is an Italian actress, yeah. and she—I—I I, I doubt that it's her voice in this film. Like she's probably, probably not, dubbed no. by an actress. Same thing with even though but character. She's fantastic in this, by the way. Oh, she's yeah. so good. It's one of the best performances as well. Like, yeah, she's so, and one of the strongest female characters you'll, you'll see in a western. Yeah, yeah. Which Leone was apparently really unwilling to do. Yeah, yeah. That was more a Dario Argento thing. Yeah. I mean, the fucking writers, Dario Argento, and then is it Bertolucci? Is that his fucking name? These guys made like amazing movies after this and at mm. this point they were just critics and I always love seeing critics become movie makers because they just know so much shit like, yeah this film <laughs> they're like ah you guys ain't doing it right I'll do it myself <laughs> I'll subvert this expectation yeah, yeah yeah it's the same thing with um Park Chan-wook and I feel like there's even anyway he was a critic before he massive. started making stuff Park Chan-wook well, he was a critic and then he made a movie and it bombed and he was like maybe I'll just critic. I'll be a critic again. <laughs> Went back it bombed critic. because of his review of it he's like ah this ain't no good yeah. <laughs> He reviewed it. I was like, Jesus, this guy sucked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Man. <laughs> I must have blacked that one out. But then he, he like incubated for a little bit longer and then he made like Sympathy for, oh no, JSA. And then mm. that became the highest grossing mm. Korean film. But mm. there's like echoes. I'm going to apply the brakes on that. I'll come back to that. Okay. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Back to the context. So yeah, five, $5 million to make this movie. It's like five times the budget of The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. I was like 1.2 million. Wow. USD. Really? Um, which is like five million back in that day would have been around forty three million dollars. So 
So that's but that's adjusted like a, for inflation. That's how yeah, but which is not it's much. good to do that though because yeah, that's yeah. not a lot of money. It's not a lot of like money. Like if, no. if someone not made a Western, Western now, yeah. what would like a and be at least a hundred, maybe hundred and twenty mil. Apparently, maybe more. According to one, you know, box office website, mm. the name of which I forget, it only just made its money back as well, about five million three hundred eighty thousand dollars USD worldwide. Wow. So yeah, it didn't. Didn't go many places, but, yeah. you know, it got enough cred from critics that, like, it kept it alive and, like, eventually evolved into this thing. Yeah, I wonder, I, do, I couldn't find, uh, I don't know if it's, like, you know, it probably has been written about, but I couldn't find anything, any specifics of, like, you know, for, for, for instance, like, Shawshank, we know, as, any, as a comparison, like, didn't do well in the cinemas and then came good when it was on, like, a few years later when it was on TV a lot. Yeah, and people yeah. were just like, oh, it's a fun Sunday movie to watch. Mm. And it just continued to mm. just get huge play yeah. i don't know what the context is for when this movie started to hit that's like a good point actually you know in the in the pop culture like, yeah. like when people when started to revised. be like you know what's good is yeah. this movie it's one of the this best westerns you know yeah. um yeah i feel like I well feel like this, this movie the, well, what's the... griffin always say this movie like eats other westerns lunches like kind of thing where it's just <laughs> like it's like a bully to other because it's so much it's just so <laughs> takes no prisoners like where it's like it's cooler the dialogue's better the violence is better or like the action is better yeah. and just just the setup like the the some of the revealing shots like the 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 oh the way that they foreshadow harmonica's like origin mm. and that shot with the kind of mirage figure walking oh, through yeah, and with... then the and then the, and Jeez. just combined with the Combined with the music, it's just the so fact that like, like this like, movie is undeniably cool. Frank's theme and um, and harmonica's theme are so isolated, and they just they, they come together that perfect way. What did you think of that one? Like I think they, they do it oh, a couple no, no. times where they where I, I was surprised that they actually play harmonica's theme at a couple of occasions where he's not playing it himself, which I thought was an yeah. interesting break. Yeah, where I was like, oh, okay, I thought that we were only going to hear that when he's got it in his when he's playing it. It's interesting at all that he plays, whenever someone plays the score of the movie within the movie itself, mm. it's always an interesting blurring of like story and construction, which mm. again, is just this movie is drawing so much attention to itself mm. and what it's trying to do. Um, I can't remember the specific moments you're talking about though. But yeah, it was when he gets caught on the train and uh, he gets brought into the train carriage and yeah. they were like, they started playing it. And then it was also, um, yeah, may- maybe there was one yeah. other moment, but yeah. Yeah, it was it was just an interesting break where they hadn't done it before. Every time we'd heard that, like mm. wah, 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 <laughs> what that stuff, I was like, he's yeah. he's been playing it, and he clearly wasn't playing it. It's like what you were saying. Oh before no, with but it doesn't. Dog. It was so much cooler to hear it so crystal that sometimes, I was like, I don't want it, him to. Sometimes watching spaghetti westerns, especially the earlier ones, is like watching Bozo dubbed or something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> Bozo did the, the dub. <laughs> this is what Clint Eastwood wanted yeah. to say. This is him dubbed. Oh, this is him. this is what he was in his mind. Because yeah. it just it never really matches that. What is this, Reggie? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you you eventually, like, let it pass. This one gelled a bit easier, but... um... But the way that they also constructed the theme to be conceivable as what would have been played with him breathing in and breathing out, because harmonica's, Uh, like, if you play on the same spot, but you breathe in compared to breathing out, it plays a different tone, I think. Might Mm. not, but I think that's... Just the way that he didn't have to move it, because Mm. that's how he played it when he was holding his brother up, Uh, and they put it in his mouth when he was breathing. Like, oh, it was just like such a cool reveal. Let's talk story. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about story, because some people have probably no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, I think this movie deserves the kind of upfront, like, it's so cool, this is why, and then we... Yeah, yeah. and it's it's also just been spoken about as well. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, what can we say, Mm. other than it sounding like Bozo dubbed? What can we say 
about this movie that hasn't been said before. Mm. And like, you know, maybe we'll figure out something. Mm. But it revolves around the contentious ownership of land. Basically. Yeah, which is a lot of Western land rights. Do. Um, yeah, especially the later ones um, when yeah. kind of things are getting developed and and bought up more and th- you know things like that. But um, yeah, there's an Irish family living out in this like deserted kind of plains. The McBeans. The McBeans. And uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Simpsons Big Bang. Yeah. Um, they get slaughtered kind of unceremoniously um, towards the beginning of the film. We don't really know why. Yeah. Uh, but we do, do know that it's linked to the Frank who was meant to meet at the yes. station with um, uh, Harmonica. Mm, yeah. And um, Frank then shows up at this ranch and dispatches of this, this family in, mm. in, you know, very surprising, very kind of like, heart-wrenching Shocking way because way. Yeah, yeah the next the next scene follows the mother um kind of arrive in the town mm. and kind of come yeah come come home and figure that her family's yeah. been killed now are they her kids no no they're no. not so she's she's, she's a prostitute from new orleans yes yeah and she met breck mc breck, breck. brett mcbean yes uh, in new orleans i yes. guess uh and she married him basically yeah so she's about to meet her new family yes essentially and they're so laid out on yeah. tables for her to come and see it's pretty it's Really, pretty heart wrenching. Pretty heart wrenching. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, um, especially because of that whole long scene through the like mm. uh, Monument Valley. Yeah. We know that she's going to that. Yeah. We, you know, it's like a it's yeah. a harsh way to to introduce. Yeah. The entire us. time, and I, it's like what we, what you said earlier about the suspense thing, mm. where it's like the entire time you're like, oh my god, she's spending all this time just to find out that family's dead. Yeah, yeah. And she's got to go all the way back to yeah. New Orleans or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't really get. There's not much plot happening until midway through the film, basically. Mm. The rest is just the these big setups. Setting like, up all the players, isn't it? Set, yeah, setting up all the players, like setting up Harmonica and who he is, and yeah. Shane, this this extra character. He's sort of like Tuco in The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. He's the ugly character, essentially. <laughs> if Harmonica's, you know, the Clint Eastwood character and Frank is um, Lee Van Cleef's character, then yeah. um, Jason Robards. His um, Shane is, yeah, the ugly guy. What's his... What, who do they... Um... What is Shane's name? What do they uh, call him throughout the movie? Shane. Do they? Chain or something like that. Oh, Chain. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's See, always, I can never it's pronounce like his name correctly. Or something, something it's, like not, it's not Shane. It's like Shane. Shane. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm um, sure someone can pick but, that apart. But uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we don't get the you know the meat and bones, the meat and potatoes of the plot until about midway through, and that's when Frank meets up with Morton. Yeah. And then you don't get the full picture, but no. you start to get a sense that like okay. He for some this tycoon, yeah, this, this railway, this railway tycoon, tycoon man. D- uh, uh, he's got tuberculosis of the bone. Trying to get from the Atlantic to the Pacific, so basically yeah. trying to get from the east to the west. And he wants ownership of this land for some reason. We don't know yeah. why, yeah. but we eventually find out it's because this land is the only area that has water for miles, mm. and so the train needs to run through there. Steam engines run on water. Steam. That works. Yeah. Um, and it, it needs to run through there, and so it actually is a lot more valuable than it looks yeah uh and whoever owns the land would become a very rich person and that's where we get to get to realize that mcbain is is uh had had more of a plan than we first thought you know because mcbain is painted as this kind of crazy old irishman who just bought up this land for no reason and he's just kind of you know but he had aspirations he tells his daughter before they all get killed don't worry we're gonna we're gonna be rich one day kind of thing yeah and shane he thinks maybe there's like money hidden around here somewhere and that's why his family was slaughtered or something like that but and and there's also blame put onto shane as a kind of the local bad guy like local Mm. uh gunslinger yeah there's there's uh um uh, frank uh leaves proof leaves like false evidence that it was shane pretty like i gotta admit as well so yeah 
like you said, the Frank leaves evidence that leads the the local law to yeah. think it was Shane that killed this family. Shane. Sh- yeah, Shane. Jason Robards character. Anyway, <laughs> but like, fuck, they really jumped to a conclusion there. I mean, how many people in the West wear dusters? I know they set up pretty early. It's like only people in my gang wear these yeah. types of dusters. Except like, for everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, you and every except for, other fucking except for, <laughs> except for anyone who wants to keep the dust from their from their normal clothes, which is uh, I guess everyone. Because but it's, it's like dusty I mean maybe it's like maybe it's like a phantom, like, maybe it's like a phantom thread thing where they like they open up the stitching and it's like oh no no it says right here but Shane gang it'd be like Shane gang dust be like the equivalent of being right like there. be like the equivalent of being like oh nobody else wears cowboy hats out here that's my gang. <laughs> We're a cowboy hat cowboy gang. Hat gang. Like, uh, but it's cowboys like, a cowboy. Wear, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. We everyone wears those. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. It's 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 a bit it's a bit strange. But um so yeah, he's kind of painted as the guy who killed this family, so the law kind of is going after him. But you're right, it's kind of we're not given a sense of all this until quite like it again, it's kind of satisfying to see all the puzzle pieces come together and yeah. see everyone see everyone's motivation, yeah, but yeah. um Frank is very much like the hired muscle in a, in a sense he's not really he doesn't have a dog in the with fight big aspirations i think he does well he, he yeah we we, yeah. we we get the sense that he he works for um what is it mr morton 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 he works for this guy except who... he's really italian so he's like morton <laughs> morton what's the uh, what's the what's the connery line from the from the rock Womack. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, just reminds me of it all the time. Does it? Well, just doing this podcast. Oh, Mark. Oh, Mark. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, so, so... Yeah, so he works for... Morton's Morton the guy Mark. who's pulling the strings, trying to trying to clear... Like, he's, he's probably more willing to, to do a deal in some ways, but the contract on um, McBain's land is that uh, if, the, if, if McBain hasn't built a station by the time the train tracks roll around to mm-hmm. his land... Every all of the land rights that he has basically are null and void, essentially, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. So that's, basically, that's the, the goal is um, Frank uh, basically goes to the to the ranch, and his his uh, decision is to basically kill them, mm-hmm. kill the McBains, mm-hmm. so that nothing is built, and so by the time that the train rolls around, they can lay they claim can, to they can lay claim to the land and get yeah. it for cheap. You know, yeah. even though it should be worth thousands. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is where a lot of the tension from the movie arises but this tension because there's between, a power struggle between frank and and morton for sure yeah the power struggle and also just the the class struggle between the two i mean we talked about this being the death of the west and civilization yeah. is rolling on through and the wild west is being cleared out yeah and men like frank and our dying breed yeah there's that great another great line well it's it's you're right because it's that it's it's the question of like can a man like frank like a, a gunslinger can he become a businessman and like a legitimate businessman and like you Correct. know uh, where he's really just like a goon essentially like he's he's hired muscle yeah, and so there's... can he can he can he take out can he take leadership of this kind of more um, I can guess... he be a businessman basically yeah, yeah. can he like integrate with society and yeah. the answer obviously is no he's like a man who can only exist in like. Well, because his methods are just so brutal. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Morton is like, you kill them all. Like, he's you could have just talked to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus Christ, (laughs) mummy, you were supposed to scare them, and he's like, people scare easier when they're dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is so good. There's that line: "There are many kinds of weapon, and the only one that can stop that." He points to a gun. Is this? Yeah. And he holds up like a wad of hundred dollar bills, yeah. and he's talking about how like this is the new way yeah. of the West. It's going to be money and business and tycoons like me. And so yeah. this guy, whose body is failing him, he's a, he's the kind of person Morton 
is the kind of person who can't exist in the West. Mm. He's like not built of this kind of world, mm. but mm. he can't even leave the train really. It's like, oh, this that line like... about, you know, when, when Frank sees him out of the train in that one scene, he's oh. like, you look like a turtle without a shell yeah. kind of thing, yeah, which I yeah, thought was yeah, such yeah, a yeah. perfect way of describing yeah. what he appears, like, you know, appears to yeah. from Frank's perspective. Mm. Um, but yeah, Morton is, um, that's that's where some confusion came for me towards the end was more well not really confusion but I guess just intrigue about how Leone framed this where yeah. you know like we've set up like the, the 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 number one in Morton you know is having trouble kind of keeping Frank in line mm-hmm. and so Frank's eventual kind of like attempt to betray him means that uh, Morton then has to try and pay off Frank's men to kind of you know prove that yeah. point of like yeah. money is more powerful than than fear in a way or money yeah. money is a way to, to coerce men as well yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, he pays off these men but yeah. we don't re- the last that we see of that is him being like you know this is a you know he deals them the cards which are yeah. this you know hundred dollar bills to these goons who are meant to be working for for Frank mm. and they're like how do we play this game he's like you got to use your head and then the yeah. next it's we easy. see of that. Yeah, is is kind of a shootout that's happened, yeah. I suppose. So, what do you what did you take from that? What how did you interpret that? I, I saw it as maybe some men were happy to take the money, others weren't. So there was kind of like a, a brawl. What did what did you see? Uh, my understanding of the film is, and it could have been that there was a scene cut from the, mm. the movie that Leone didn't think was necessary, or I don't know. Mm. Um, my understanding is he pays off these men. Mm. Uh, one of the like the head goon, basically Frank's, you know, next in command. Basically, we get the we get that sense. Pays off these men to turn against Frank. Mm. Um, uh, Frank and Harmonica. We'll get into this later. But Frank and Harmonica, they kill off those double crosses. Uh, and then Frank returns to the the train. And I think the idea is that Shane's gone there and killed him. Because he, impl- he says, the choo-choo man shot me. Oh. So he's gone in. He's cleared out the rest of Frank's men. What makes it confusing is the the... The men who like agree to the double cross, they're still at the train station. Yes. Well, not the train station, but in the train. And so. Oh, okay. If you had seen them go out and get killed, and then it was just some other people that died. There, Rather than, yeah, in the village when, when um, Frank and, uh, town, and Harmonica. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why don't we talk about the characters in general? Let's mm. just dive right into them. Mm. Who, the, who, the, who the fuck is Harmonica? Well, I guess that's, who is this uh, guy? That's, what, uh, that's what Frank is most concerned about because. Yeah. Yeah, harmonica is one of those kind of no name, you know, yeah. stranger walks a into town. A literal man with no name. Yeah, yeah, literally. He only um, goes by harmonica because Shane calls him that because, you know, he plays when he ought to talk. Yeah, and he talks when he ought to play. <laughs> so like, again, all, a all we know, awesome line. All all we know is that he's just like you know this kind of very this, quintessential fastest gun in the west kind of thick kind of guy. Yeah. Like you you can't beat him. Yeah. You know, and on he's, the draw. he's hell bent on finding Frank. We don't know why. Um, yeah, he rolls into town on the train. Yeah, takes care of Frank's men very easily, which is mm. kind of uh, we we understand to be pretty pretty hard to do. Mm. Just from everyone being like, "Well, Frank's men don't die," you know, kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, What's interesting is he gets shot in that opening scene, which I was like, "Okay, the fastest gunslinger in the West gets shot as well." Yeah, but three on one, three on one. And yeah, I like the idea true. that those three guys. Like, uh, did you know Leone wanted to actually populate that scene with the gunslingers? Yes. He wanted them to be the three from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef, Eli Wallach, and Clint, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. So which wanted... would have been an even more overt reference to the the death of the classic Western. Yeah, because like that's such a powerful thing because we spend the first 10 minutes with those characters who Mm. scare the crap out of the train Mm. manager, like the train station uh, manager and, you know, send off any strangers who are there and then just wait for this train. And they're they're positioned as such powerful, such like 
you know, we do this every day kind of, yeah. you know, criminals mm. that when they go down, you know, by the hands of this mm. new kind of white hat, it's yeah. like, oh my God, this is, this is something new. You know, this is, it's, you're yeah. right. You're right. If it had been those three originals, yeah. um, it, it could have been even, even more powerful Way potentially. More but in your face, basically. Yeah. Cause seeing Clint go down immediately would have been crazy. Yeah. And I think um, at that point, Clint was just, his, he was just too expensive. He didn't want to do it. They say, yeah. I, I don't know, that, I don't that know the details, a... but there was a fallout between him and Leone. Yep. Yeah. They only patched up, I think, right before, right he before they only died. Yeah, I was going to say cancer. He died of cancer. <laughs> Tuberculosis yeah. of the bones. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he shoots down these three guys. He doesn't. He doesn't have a name. I want to mention. He one doesn't of the... have any ambition outside of revenge. Basically, of finding Frank. Pretty much. We find out for revenge. So he's really. He's just. He's like a non-character, one and of... he is. He is exactly the kind of person that couldn't live in society either. Him and Frank have that in common, where it's like. They cannot live in a world that isn't the Wild West. Mm. And so when the film does eventually end and the train line does come through and makes its way closer towards the Atlantic, he he rides off ahead of it. Basically, Basically yeah. awaiting it and then, you know, waiting for someone else to do him in, basically, as, as Shane says. Mm. So, yeah, he's this... He is just like the epitome of revenge, basically, and he's just a hollow shell mm. with nothing else going on for him. Yeah, you I know. thought that was interesting because... That's what Cheyenne kind of uh, predicts is like Cheyenne. he's he's going to come back in here and and tell you he's talking to um, Jill. Yeah. He he's not going to stay, and you mm-hmm. kind of that kind of sets you up to be like, well, maybe like maybe he will, like maybe he's he's his job's done, like his yeah. revenge has been taken. No, and, he's got uh, something in him, something yeah. to do with death. It's just that that well, it's, but it, yeah, it's just, and it's just that idea that like fucking hell, what a line. Yeah, these these people Good can't line. they can't. Uh, it would be lovely to watch this town grow, mm. but he's not meant to do that. Like he's he can't integrate. Yeah. He can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like it's like the ending of the searches. You know, it's like I, I often, he doesn't belong here either. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder about that kind of thing when it comes to story. Is like, you know, it 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 perpetuates the idea that like men can't or people in general, usually men in yeah. these in these stories, is like. And there's something especially, especially there's back something in a that bit, day. There's something a bit mythic and something yeah. a bit romantic about the idea as, as it is proposed that like. Men can't change. Their nature mm. can't change. These criminals can't change. I'm like, it, it sort of doesn't... anathema to like character in a story, which is you know, well, yeah, character is just studying someone change. Yes, so. and it's this idea that like, there's what would be a better ending? You know, is it a better ending that he that he doesn't change and that he knows himself well enough to kind of leave? Is it mm. is it a better ending that he like maybe it would feel too forced if he was like, you know, um, what's the What's the contrived. line that I'm thinking of where, it, like, he just comes in, he's like, hey, it's all over, I'm, I'm, fi-. like, I don't know, just some kind of, like, it would feel contrived, wouldn't it? It wouldn't feel natural. No. Um, he's given us no indication that he has anything outside of him, outside of this one d- dream, yeah. just to get revenge on Frank. And I like the line that, that um, <clears throat> Shane tells her at the end when they're waiting for the results of this duel where he says, like, to Jill, you know, he, he none of us are the right man. To stay mm. with you and, you know... That scene got me pretty hard. Yeah. That scene hit me pretty hard. James Robards is such an amazing... Gives such an amazing performance in this in this thing. He's the most human of the three central... And you never think that when you first see him. You think he's going to be this mangy dog for the, the whole yeah, time. The and he ends up And yeah. he ends up kind of being kind of... Yeah, you think... So quickly. Yeah. Um, he with, um, Over just like a cup of coffee, he just becomes this like... Yeah. Oh, man. But when, yeah, that line where he says... I think Jill says something along the lines of... 
um, you're a pretty handsome man after he shaves. And yeah. he says, but I'm not the right man. Not the right man. Neither is he. Neither but do you think there's he. something to the fact that his mother was in the same line of work? Like they, his mother was a, a prostitute as well. Yeah, if you want to get Freudian about it. Yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting where like... He wants to fuck his mom. <laughs> okay. As simple as that. I guess that was it. Um, <laughs> no, um, it is. Do you know I love he, that line. We should maybe cut this bit because yeah. it's not... I know a lot of people won't find this that funny. This is, when yeah. he says, when like in that first meeting he has with Jill, and she's only just starting to think that maybe this guy didn't slaughter her family. Yeah. But he says, you remind me of my mother. And he's supposed to be saying something really yeah. nice to her and sweet, and the music is swelling and it's all romantic and lovely. And he says, you remind me of my mother. She was the biggest whore <laughs> I ever knew. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is this yeah. a compliment? Yeah. Or? Well, there's that other moment as well where he... he um, I thought he was going to say something nicer, but that's me watching yeah. it through 2023 20, eyes where he goes, basically, and yeah. listen, you take water out to those men, they'll love it. <laughs> and he goes, and if any of them slap you on the behind, I thought he was going to be like, you come to me. or But he just goes, yeah. you just act like it's nothing. And you I was just like, act like it. Yeah. What is that? Oh, he says it so well. You, you don't act. You like just act like it's make-believe. Like it. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, what? And then he does it to her. And yeah. he goes, just remember, act like it don't matter or whatever. Like, act, yeah. like you know, and I was like, oh. This is, uh, it's kind of yeah. gross, but it was yeah. also very funny and like, <laughs> I mean, it would have, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, uh, again, the 2020, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say that, here nor there. that, exactly, that, that actor, um, uh, Jason Robards. Yeah, he, he, the first Fuck day me. he showed up drunk <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would imagine that he's like, I'm in character or something like that. But Leonie was like, never do this again. But then the other story yeah, I heard of him was horse, that man. they were filming, um, they were filming on the day that Kennedy was assassinated. Oh yeah. And, uh, Robert Kennedy, right? Uh, was it JF or was it Robert? Well, I think it's a JF. It might have been Robert. I don't know. Okay. And one of the Kennedys. Yeah. Uh, and and um, Oliver Stone can like pick us. You know. Yeah. What he was the What was the apart. actor's name again? What was the actor's name you just mentioned? Jason Robards. Yes. So yeah. Robards basically, when he found the when he heard mm. the news, he basically refused to work. Yeah. The rest of the day, and Leone was so like kind of keen to keep him on side that mm. he was like, "All right, we'll stop shooting for the day." Which yeah. I, I, that must have been pretty expensive. To I've do. heard, I've heard like people say that he was moved by it, and like, you know, he like went to garnered a lot more of. respect for Jason Robards after that because this movie is, you know, pretty political, I guess. Or mm. Leonie's a pretty politically, he's pretty in touch with his political self. So mm. I've heard people say that, yeah, he was moved by it, and then other people saying that, yeah, he really wanted Jason Robards, so he was happy to deal with that. And, Did you? Yeah. I mean, this is this is um, kind of plastered all over the the trivia of this film as well. So you may have known it, or may, people may have heard of it. But did you know that one of the three three gunmen at the start? Do you hear about what happened to him? Yeah, yeah. He, like killed himself during the making of the film, yeah. basically. Um, Al you know Mollick was his name. He was the yeah. guy, the knuckles, the guy cracking his knuckles. Did you say alcoholic? Al, Al Mollick. Al Mollick. Sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he, and he, yeah, Al Mollick. Al- he's also Al- in The Good, Nol- the Bad, the Nol- Ugly. Yes. He's the first person we see, that face that, like, turns the wide. Yeah, Canadian actor. And he, oh, wow. he, he, um, he jumped out of the hotel they were yeah. staying in. And the scriptwriter and the people, like, the production yeah. crew, like, claim that they saw him like fly past the window yeah. but the weird thing is he did it in the costume that he wore oh, this so, during this opening scene this so fucked, oh yeah. man crazy right and Leone after he got because he didn't die on the set yeah. like he, he got put put in the um, ambulance and yeah. apparently the story is that he got a punctured lung mm. bumpy while, roads bumpy roads yeah. through you know the west or through the you know um, Utah and stuff like that yeah. and so that's eventually what killed him but but the, the really wild kind of sad strange thing is like when it comes to movie making is that Leone was like so um 
vehemently like we have to get the costume because yeah. he, and he did it in the costume so they had to get yeah. him out of the costume yeah. so that they could shoot the rest of that opening with like a double yeah and i what? i didn't when did the costume yeah 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 it's brutal and oh. i couldn't i didn't watch it again afterwards to check but i i can't think of where they would have put that i mean long shots i guess like yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah they obviously had enough to and use you know, owls, it's, but... it's pretty you know it's a pretty tight budget so they could have put the costume on anyone else as an extra hero there yeah i mean but it's like, like it's it's just a dusty you could brutal. couldn't you just use a different cut don't get him out of the thing like it's yeah oh it's pretty brutal yeah <laughs> i thought that was crazy um, that is rough um well yeah that's harmonica shane we've sort of touched on he i, I don't know what to make of him and his role in this movie mm. he's sort of the most human most relatable person aside from jill for the yeah, audience but, and I like guess. we talked about before um just that he's kind of like you're on side with him when he's kind of you in the scenes with jill you can kind of see his humanity but also mm. see his kind of the circumstances of his, you know, life and the way he grew up without a father and he probably doesn't treat women all that well, but, like, yeah. he does in this instance. Like, mm-hmm. it's an interesting character where you're like, I like this guy, but, like, some of the things he's saying I'm not liking, but also he's just who he is. Like, you know He's a I mean? chaotic he's... neutral man. Yes. Or even, like, would you say, what's his D&D alignment, do you think? Oh, chaotic neutral or chaotic evil? Oh, it's not, I don't think he's... No, no, that's... No, okay. chaotic evil would be... would be. Apparently um, he's killed four men. It's easy to kill five when you've killed four. Yeah, but he's probably killed evil men. I can't okay, see... Okay, yeah. He's not, he's, that, like, chaotic yeah. evil would be would be Frank, because, yeah, you know, yeah. he's happy to kill kids he wants and to be you know, women and yeah. whatever and just, just general <laughs> civilians <laughs> anyway, like, you know, so... Um, that's a pretty... It's pretty brutal what Frank does, man. Mm. That would have been shocking for, like, not only, back in the day. Not only oh shocking God. to see him kill, um, uh, you know, a, a child, but to yeah. see Henry Fonda do it, I think, was yeah. Leone's kind of thing, was he was like, you're going to see this hero who's yeah. in Gunsmoke and the yeah. deputy and whatever it was. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's the hero in these things. You're going to see him <clears throat> do this awful thing right at the start. Yeah. And no doubt you and everyone who's, like, ever Googled this movie ever knows mm. that, like... That boy Frank, died. No. That boy did die. <laughs> you know, Henry got into Henry, character. Henry, oh, Henry you know? was brutal. Uh, you know, years of acting at the, the good guy, he wanted to, you know, make a he shit. He had that pent-up thunder rage. Yeah. Have you seen him in anything else? I've only seen him in 12 Angry Men. No, no. Yeah, well, 12, 12 yeah, Angry that would Men, be it. it. Anyway, yeah. you were going to say. Um, you've obviously heard the anecdote when he arrived. When Henry Fonda arrived in Rome uh, to start shooting, he had bought a whole expensive contact lenses to cover his eyes and like he'd grown out a big mustache because he's like, oh, i got to play the bad guy. Mm. Right? i got to look like a bad guy. Mm. And Leone said, no, off. Take them off through an interpretation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Because he paid for Henry Fonda's blue eyes. The baby like, blues. Want... He, you know, oh, Leone was a Breaking thinking... Bad reference. Oh, yeah? Baby blue. Oh, blue. Baby yeah, blue. Maybe. Well, it's a song at the end of they play the baby blues where he's like, you know, that's a stretch. I think that is a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that, hey, hey, shut up. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, Leone said, you know, shave the mustache, uh, take the contacts out. I paid for, I paid for your face because Leone was constantly thinking about the audience when he was making this movie. Maybe when he was making all of his movies, really, he was like, I want, this is how I want the audience to feel. All right, picture this. And he's always, because he wasn't the best at talking, you know. English was his second language. Yeah. So he wasn't really talking, you know, what this was going to do to the audience, but he was just talking, Henry, through the construction of the shots. And he's like, we're going to start with a wide shot. We're going to have this family get slaughtered. And then there's going to be one child standing. And then we're going to have these five men in dusters, you know, closing in on the child slowly. And then we're going to cut to an over-the-shoulder shot. And we're going to slowly pan around. And then what's the audience going to see? They're going to see Henry Fonda has just killed this entire family. Mm. And it's got a blow their minds mm, yeah it's clever it's clever so to think about that good shit um, but yeah he, frank 
he has one of the more compelling arcs, and honestly, he has more screen time than both the other guys, I would argue, I think. It's yeah, not such a fair. stretch to say. Yeah. He has one of the more compelling arcs because I'm trying to think of another character who goes through a similar thing. I'm, I'm blanking at the moment, but he, even though he, his you know, true nature is to be a violent, gunslinging man, but mm. he wants to be a businessman like, like his boss, Morton. Mm. He wants to take the next step. But he's like, like, um, like Stringer Bell in uh, The Wire, basically. Mm. It's like he's trying to break free of this mold in a way. But mm. by the end of the film, he realizes that that, that just can't happen. Nice. No, and he finds out why, on. and it's because he's he just has so much anger in him, and he can never let a man like Harmonica run free. He can't like he can't be at peace knowing that there's a man out there who's like yeah, that's a good point. Bothered him. That's the difference that he mentions. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference he mentions between them, him, and uh, wouldn't have bothered Morton knowing there was a man like you out there. Yes, yes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good villain. I was surprised, and it it took me for a a minute to realize. You know, when when uh, when Fonda, sorry, when um, um, the main guy Harmonica, Harmonica, when Harmonica started to help him survive that kind of. double cross yes. that was happening in the street. Ooh. I was like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, like, you know, but then it became obvious like where he says to um, Jill. That's an, I mean, that's a clear reference. To, I mean, not reference, but like surely that was pulled into Breaking Bad as well. I think for sure, you know, yeah, like the, the way the Gus Spring's trying to keep Hector alive. Yes, yes. And this guy's I trying to keep him alive. I just stopped them from killing him. him. Exactly. That's not the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought, that, And then I was like, okay, so he's, he's, he's his man. Like, that's, what he's, that's what he's trying to do. And there's that great stuff where um, – Whenever they have scenes together, um, Frank is always trying to f- figure out who Harmonica is, and Harmonica yeah. just keeps naming men who Frank has killed. Yeah. And I got to, I started to think about that as Frank, uh, Harmonica has just been following Frank throughout yeah. his whole life, yeah. and so probably passing by towns where Frank has just been, you know, and finding out who, like, what's happened, and yeah. n- not by, not necessarily by maybe trying to like. Um, avenge anyone else other than his brother but mm. just by nature of following this madman he's just amassed this body count he's kind of figuring out okay so he's killed them he's killed them and like this kind of psychological yeah. you know twisting of the knife to kind of be like you know Frank's like who are you and he's like Art Jenkins and he's like you're not Jenkins I killed him two towns ago kind of thing like that and just keep naming men you know you killed him yeah 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 um <laughs> thought that was you know pretty pretty sweet that is good and you're you're like you want to know as well that's yeah. the interesting thing is like you're like and it's like the greatest reveal. There's it's no way such I could, a good reveal. There's oh no way God. I could ever be like this guy, but you're exactly like him. And this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Old Boy, which you haven't seen yet. Old Boy, Old Boy, no uh, Park Chan Wook film. Yeah, cool. Part of the Vengeance trilogy. We will review it. We'll get day. there. We'll get there. You pigs. <laughs> you gotta know? stop calling our pigs. It in. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to call you. You guys aren't pigs. I'm sorry, guys. You're hogs. <laughs> You're worse than pigs. You're hogs. You're you're boars. You're super hogs. The main, well, the main story of Old Boy is it's a man. This isn't a spoiler, by the way, but mm. I don't want to give too much of that movie away. But mm. It's good. Um, it's about a man who's in prison for 15 years and he has no idea why. And he's released by his assailant, by the assailant, the person who, you know, trapped him for 15 years. And he's mm. like, "You can do whatever you want with your life. I've let you go. You can even kill me if you want because I trapped you for 15 years. But you will never know why I trapped you, and that's gonna bother you." For the rest of your life. Mm. And so the entire movie is him trying to find out why this guy imprisoned him. 
And that's where all the drama comes from. And similar to this, it's like he has a list of people he's pissed off in his life. And he's like, I pissed off this guy. This guy might mm. want revenge on me as well. Yeah. This yeah. guy was pretty pissed off because I cheated with his wife. So yeah. I can understand why he'd want to trap me for 15 years in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I can't help but see that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're I mean, right. It, uh, Park Chan Wook was a critic. He never, I couldn't find any mentions of this as an influence on that movie. So it's a stretch for me to say, but I just couldn't help but see this. Oh, I think for there. sure. Like, like you said at the start, I think it's all over the plate. It's got a fingerprints all over movies yeah. that have come the after. The entire time you're like, oh, fuck, just you're seeing Frank's visage oh. know, in the distance getting less They and did less a really blurry. good job of making him look younger as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, come on, what the, what's the yeah. deal? Who is this guy? Yeah. What's the deal? What's yeah. the connection? And then you yeah. get that reveal at the end and the music just The music and together. also this movie, like we, we've talked about how like it's, oh. it's, you know, some people think it's oh. slow or it takes its time or whatever, but... The yeah. thing that I think they're like they're missing out on is the idea that it, the movie doesn't feel like it ever needs to say anything more than it needs to say. Uh, there are so many scenes that exist in silence and yeah. so many so many moments that could be drowned in dialogue. Yeah. But I just like the the idea of harmonica because I was unsure when harmonica said to him before the duel like who you know when uh, Frank was like who are you and he yeah. said you'll you'll only know when I'm inches from death or whatever the he point says point of death point of death. Yeah. Um, and he goes, I thought, about, I, like, I, I thought you'd say that kind of thing. Yeah. And then when it turns out that, you know, obviously he, you know, Frank gets shot, he's, mm. you know, not as quick as harmonica. When Frank is inches from death, I thought, well, maybe, maybe harmonica is not going to tell him. Maybe uh, he's going to let him die not knowing. And yeah. I didn't, so I didn't know. But the way that he, like, you could add in any dialogue there, but instead of him telling him, he just puts the harmonica mm. in his mouth. And that and face I was like, of recognition. That is, that's that's I think why I love this thing so much yeah. is because there are so many moments where lines could be said, yeah. but there is no need for them because yeah. it can be done in so many more interesting visual, you yeah. know, musically cued, like yeah. very like kind of badass, like just ways that you're like oh, like and the way it's done with the backstory, oh. with the with the with the with the um. The way it's done via the the the, the flashbacks of that yeah. incredible arch and oh, the, yeah. the hanging and like just all that music, so it's yeah. just that was that was one, like one of my favorite moments oh, is yeah. that whole reveal. It's just so good. It's brilliant, yeah. yeah. And the way he puts the harmonica in in um, young young Bronson's yeah. mouth and yeah. he says, "Play a tune for your loving brother." Yeah, so cold. Yeah, and you never know why he even guilty. No, no, any don't need to. Don't need just, to. Yeah, you just need to know that it was yeah. the fuel for harmonica. Yeah, um, we should talk about, and I, I, will, I have an apology that Claudia Cardinale. Yeah. I've been calling her Carnivale. Carnival. Hey, because she was a party in this picture. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, Claudia Cardinale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies. Yeah. She's she's as far as I know, and I'm sure there's more, but in terms of the big players, she's the only one still living. She's 85 years young. All oh, right, still going. Wow, she's got still something coming out next year. She's mainly been oh. working in Italy. Wow. Uh, throughout her career because she's Italian and, and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, has been kind of staying in that wow. vein. She's a powerhouse um, in this movie, man. She is so, so amazing. Yeah. So strong, so strong and, like, delicate when she needs to be and strong at other times and without feeling at all contrived or ridiculous, it just feels... Mwah, she yeah, just and she, she's using... So well. she She knows... She knows who she is in yeah. this film. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And she, the character the way it's written, mm. knows what her life is going to be like in the West and how men are going to look at her and objectify mm. her and, th- 
you know, maybe like she even says that line that was kind of terrifying, mm. but was so, I guess, just taking her own power back where she was like, you know, you could bend me over this table and oh, have your yeah, way with me. Yeah. But it, like, I, I'll just get out all I'll need I'll to, need I'll, I'll just need so a hot, I'll just need like, yeah, boiling water was such a good line where yeah. it was not like a bath, like just, yeah. I'll need just, bo- it was such an insult to, yeah. to, was it to, um, Cheyenne? Yeah, Cheyenne, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and the, and the way that that kind of plays out and is foreshadowed there, but then also like yeah. it plays out with Frank where mm. she, that, that was where I started. To, so that was probably my biggest moment. You've, you've explained the train mm. sequence with Cheyenne and, and yeah. all that really well with, with the, the men and the double crossing and all that. The moment that I was really, that I was lost a little bit with Claudia's mm. character with Jill was when she gives herself over to Frank, um, when she works out, um, that, that her husband, um, McBain wanted to build the station and she's putting all that together in her house and Frank shows up to, to kill her. Mm. Instead, what happens is they, I, I, they, they never show it, but it's certainly like, uh, built up to the point where they probably have sex. Mm-hmm. They probably sleep together. As much then, as that was the Hayes code, as much as that would allow. To, yeah, the Hayes code. The, yeah, the, the, the... something like a like a classification thing. Yeah, like whereas like it couldn't show nudity or toilets flushing. Yeah, but they definitely like the, it's all, all the it's all leading up there, it. and it's very it's a very yeah. strange power dynamic because she is acting very submissive, but she's also like you get the sense that she's in control of what's happening, mm. and she's giving him the sense of power. I fully thought that she was going to put a gun in his ear or something or take a knife out or try something. Yeah. So the fact that she didn't, and then the fact that then it, the film goes on to the, the auction. Yeah. I was surprised. Like, I was like, Oh, what's she doing? Like, she just like, did she just want to sell the place? Like, is yeah. that what she was trying to do? She just wanted to get out of it. Cause that was a, she starts by arriving at the, the homestead and being like, I live here. This is my home. Yeah. She seems like she wants to hang around and wants to kind of, maybe make it out with some money or like, I, I didn't get that sense. I, I got that. I thought cause she's packing her bags when Shane. Yeah, arrives. true. I no, thought I she forgot. was heading out. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Sorry. She says, that's my bad. I'm, I'm she, minus, I'm minus a, a family and, but, but got a better future kind of thing. Yeah. So she's, she, 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 she that, no. yeah. So yeah. you're right. She was kind of playing a lot of people in the film yeah. cause she played that guy at the funeral where she's like, no, I'm yeah. going to live here. This is my home. And it's like, then she ransacks the place trying to find money. Then she tries to leave. She gets stopped by, by harmonica and all that. So yeah, I guess it, I guess it was, she was just always just doing what she wanted and what she wanted was basically just to get out of there yeah. with any, any amount of money, I suppose. Why, why was she yeah. so willing to, I guess she just wanted to survive, it's like what didn't Frank she? Said. It's like what Frank says, you'd do anything to survive, wouldn't you? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Cause she's strong. She's like the most capable person. She's like the most likely to survive in the West, weirdly enough, out of all the There's like a strange in power in the, in the, her yeah. willingness to be powerless yeah. in order to survive isn't it it's like yeah. i will give myself over to you even yeah. though you killed my adopted family mm. i will sell my property for nickels mm. uh you know mm. and it, just just to get out of here with something and to survive and to move into a new better future isn't yeah. it yeah yeah because yeah. i know there's a future for me there's no future for you in this kind of a world but there is for me I yeah i guess that was me and, putting, you know, it's putting, a yeah, it's putting a tougher sell in you know in today's age mm. i get that but like for back then i mean this was like no one had ever seen a character like this and, and on a screen like that. It's a good way no to put it. Than I would think. It's a good way to put it. And and I think that's maybe why I was like trying to wrap my head around what she was doing because in my head I was like, no, what, what isn't she? Doesn't she want to run the place? Like, isn't she want to stay there and yeah. be, be, you, you know, know, get some guns and yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be one of the guys. No, but that's the thing. The guys were using their power in their ways, the way that society kind of allowed it, and she was doing the same. But because of the fact that it yeah. was a using her power in maybe a, a mm. more nuanced. Uh, hard yeah. to swallow way. Yeah. 
every it was it was, it was fascinating. Every yeah. character so has a weapon, and like for mm. Frank and for Harmonica, it's violence. Or you know, it's yeah. like they use violence. Yeah. Morton uses money. Yeah, and it's all used to exploit or take things away. And then she's the only character by the end that ends up giving things to people, and that's oh, symbolically yeah. shown symbolically shown through the water. She yeah. says maybe she should go out there and give those boys some water, and then like. One of the final shots is her just with two massive jugs of water and she's just like helping all these guys mm. build this know, town. Build this build town. Something she's helping, yeah, this the West, you know, get tamed basically. Yeah, and that's the thing is so she becomes yeah. she becomes the mother of the West in, in Yeah, you can see her really in the future and, being this matriarch of this town and the yeah. person who was responsible for kind of building it all yeah. up and, and you know, yeah, um yeah, taming this. And that's this another wild reason. Place. I mean, this is one read of the film. Bit of a stretch, but like that's another reason why Harmonica couldn't stick around. It's because, like, what would he become? He'd just be, like, yeah. the annoying husband guy. It's like, he has no place there. So he's just like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Melt in the West. Did you see the tagline for... for no, I'm, I feel like I feel like I missed some beats with her character, but I now... Oh, bro, I now, there's like, so much... Like, it's one of those things where, like, you look and you keep on looking. This is more. It's yeah. this weird, like... It's this weird fractal, this movie, where the deeper you go, the more it gives you. And she is really... Awesome. She, she is the main character, right? I would say she's. Yeah, I, guess I would say so. she kind of is. Compared to Harmonica, because like Harmonica, Harmonica's is like a phantom cool. in a lot of it, and she yeah. the, like with with the final shot being obviously Harmonica moving away, but yeah. like I think it's a it's a shared role, isn't mm. it? It's like you know this this woman who arrives in this the, this ta- I think she's, uh, wild place who then yeah. stays there in order to kind of make I it a better place, and this guy who moves on from it. In Europe, when this movie was distributed, I'm not looking at anything. Don't worry. <laughs> For listeners, I was just looking in the corner of the room and Matt thought I saw something like a spider or something like that. <laughs> uh, I think in around Europe, she was like top build. So, you, you know, prob- you're probably right in saying she's the main character. Well, That's she's, a good she's, she's she's front and center in the yeah. poster that I'm looking at here, which is... Is that the poster you have on your wall? It's it's part of it. The right. poster that I have in my wall on my wall is the is the kind of really dynamic, um, mm. like, kind of staging of the, the shooting where all the all the dusters are going flying and, and uh, uh, yeah. I love you've that. got Harmonica kind of cocking his gun. Um, yeah. But the the poster I'm looking at, uh, at now is there's a smokestack rising up from ah. the steam train and the, the there's a four heads and it's... it's um, it's it's uh, Jill, yeah. it's Cheyenne, it's um, Frank and and Harmonica. But Jill is the the front and center, and the the tagline is even about. This is where I get the sense that if you know if this was done by Leone or any of the writers, that's kind of where they're they're f- focusing their attention. Have you seen the tagline? No. So it says there were three men in her life: one to take her, one to love her, and one to kill her. So who do Damn. we think they are? So one to love her, I think, is Cheyenne. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. One to kill her is what the f- yeah that'll be Frank. I guess. Frank. Yeah. One to t- but that's the thing is one to take her, one to love her. I'm like I don't know. I don't know. The take. T- I mean, the take is a pretty gross line, isn't oh, it? Oh well, maybe. Do you <laughs> maybe think, not gross. Do you think that Mc, do you think that McBain is is me- is is meant to be in that at all? No, Probably not, because he's no, not in the not poster really. either. They never even meet on screen. You know. Maybe Cheyenne is the one to take her, even though he never does. No, it's got to be, it's got to be, I mean, she, she falls for harmonica. Yeah, you know? true. That's the one. Why does he, why does he kind of violently undress her at one stage? That's the weirdest scene for me and I can't figure it out. And that's the grossest scene because it is. Yeah. that's like the only time it does maybe have like three interactions or four interactions. Yeah. That's the first time they kind of meet. Is in the, of the stables ball. when she's trying to leave and he kind of rips off her like corset or blouse yeah. or something. And then she ends up being, she ends up and like then, falling for him. And yeah. I guess, you know, he saves her and like helps her in the end and that's nice. But like, yeah, he kills there's definitely Frank. some stuff. 
stuff in this which but is dated like, really? and doesn't look a, great through a lens of today. But he's still yeah, but, a bit of a dick. Yeah. Oh, well, he's a huge dick. <laughs> Mass. Yeah. Like in, he's not a good. He's not a nice man. Yeah. No. No. I'm like, um, I'm he's not. very like um, he mysterious also, yeah. and really like uh, visually like because of the aid of visually his, striking. Well, yeah, and because of the aid of the visuals and the way he's framed and the way he's, he's like, like the a best at this. Face, you know. He's yeah. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the way the music cues every time, like just the the mystery around him yeah. makes him just kind of fascinating I to the so. audience and yeah. probably to her as well. Mm. But it does have that, leave that weird taste in your mouth, which is like, he's a really violent, <laughs> uh, mean man who kind of like assaulted you. Like, why yeah. do you like, like, yeah, it's what that, brought it's this that, on? You know, he's given you nothing. It's that thing where you're like, ah, there were male hands writing this who were kind of like romanticizing the effects yeah, of him. Yeah, but you know, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, it's an interesting tagline because it's kind of it's like, oh, who's yeah, who's who who's who? yeah, exactly. Yeah, a trilogy of lines there, you could say. Yeah, yeah, and the first one. No, not really. The first one in the books. <sighs> the last person I want to talk about, the yeah. last big character in the movie is uh, Morton, mm. played by Gabriel Rosati. Mm. Sorry if I'm fucking up your name, Gab. <laughs> Gab. Um, there's so much to say about this guy. In a way, he's sort of an embodiment of the New West and, like, capitalism in a way and, like, the classic archetypal rail tycoon. Um, you put it so well when you said he doesn't kind of suit the environment, though. So he is right, using that, yeah. like, the way you said the weapons, he's using yeah. his weapon of kind of finance. You, you only and, ever see him outside deals. the train once, or twice, mm. actually. And that's the first time when he's taken out by Frank. Mm. They're taken to this weird hideout somewhere. And mm. apparently, according to... Um, one or two, one, one of the bi- one of Leone's biographers. Um, that scene had ended up cut at one point, and then they decided to put it back in. Because mm. um, other than that, you'd only see him outside the train, and that's when he's dying. Mm. Um, but you know, when he's out there that first time, he gets bullied by Frank and kicked around and stuff like that. Yeah, he's sort of an embodiment of like capitalism and, and new money, and he's trying to make this place livable for him. It's like the train is almost like a life support system for him, and even the way you always hear the train like huffing in the background, it sounds like a respirator or something like that for him. And mm. It's like custom built for him to like crawl around with like the monkey bars and mm. everything, yeah, so clever. all that kind of stuff. That scene, I for, out of all the characters in the movie, I was moved by his and Frank's the most. His problem, mm. but the way like. The way he's he's sort of realized how the tables have turned, and Frank really has the upper hand on him. Mm. Um, he's staring at that painting of the of the ocean, and the way the camera like zooms in on it, and then like gets him center frame, zooms right in and on the him. Sound effects of it, and, and the way that music swells. It's like my favorite track by Ennio Morricone. Yeah, it's so nice. Ever like and it's just I, the way he's on the verge of tears and everything, and I just thought, my fucking yeah. god, this is so good. Yeah, and he tries to. I felt for him even more when he sees all of Frank's goons playing a poker game or whatever, and he goes over to them and he's like, "Can I play?" Yeah, and they just you ignore mean, him for that yeah. one moment. I was yeah. like, "It's brutal." Oh! It's my brutal. monkey brain suddenly felt what it's like to be like excommunicated from a tribe. Yeah, one moment. I was like, yeah, "Man, I hate yeah. that, brother." Yeah, I've been there. I've been yeah. there in the schoolyard. And brother. I, I just realized, fun. I just realized the symbology of of him dying in a oh. puddle. Oh no. yeah, that's the like thing. literally like, dying gah. in a in a, he's trying to get to the Pacific, yeah. the kind of most quintessentially like yeah. movie kind of blue sapphire ocean there oh, is, yeah. and he he dies in a puddle it's of mud brown. and dirt, and you know yeah. it's yeah, he's surrounded by desert. I mean, like the funny thing is, I'm sure the rail the line would have been built whether or not he got the land anyway. He could have just literally just sat there going, 
Just wait, Morton. Capitalism is not slow and steady. That's a well, it's, 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 it's the it's the idea that ladies and gentlemen, a it, great take. <laughs> Hot take. Hot it's no, but it's 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 stuff. completely built off what you were saying, which is it's the idea that it's putting again it's putting oh these three um, or the, these two, that Morton is a guy who is trying to get to the other side of the country mm. and he is doing it by, by force and he's yeah. doing it by any means necessary. Mm. And he therefore is kind of like, not necessarily like, they're not the best means to do so. You know, mm. like you said, he could just be patient. He could mm. just, you know, t- take other means. Mm. And then the other, the other, um, the other side of things is these men who are kind of trying to exist in a lawless world and so have to keep going one station ahead of the track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the middle in the middle there is, I guess the, the um, story of Jill who's like, you know what? I'm just going to make my, I'm going to make my happiness and my home yeah. here. And like you said, give back, you know, yeah. these men are trying to take and trying to have for themselves what kind of the world is denying them. And mm. she's the one who's like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang out. I'm just going to yeah. like see the, I'm just going to build a town. Like build my own home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's building something when everyone else is destroying something. God, this movie's good. Oh! The yeah. more it's just the more you look into it, yeah. the, the more I, it I really you... I already want to watch it again because yeah. it, I, I think um, by the nature of the opening forty minutes being just so like rock yeah. solidly like cool and me mm-hmm. being able to see DNA that it passed on to other things that have been yeah. so influential to me. I just was yeah. so enamored by it. And then when it got more into the gray zones and in, into areas where I was like, Oh, why is this happening? Wait, why did that character do that? Mm-hmm. I started to, I started to realize that I was watching a movie more. Yep. So I started to be outside of it. Yeah. And now I feel like I could just be drenched in it completely and just be uh, like, Oh, God damn. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. This movie, I look, maybe it's not the hottest take in the world, but movie good. On yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first on uh, Tripod. Once upon a time in the West, pretty good, pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Maybe, maybe, maybe deserves its spots in the top, you know, fifty of all time, which it kind of has. Yeah, in, certainly in the top. What movie is this now? Is it ten? This is the start of the fourth trilogy we've done. So yeah, number ten. Ten. Yeah. Well, definitely, it's it's going to take it's some. Only, it's going to take some beating. Yeah, it's only slightly worse than Rip D, arguably. Well, Rip D has relaxed body, so what are you going to do? <laughs> oh. Well, you can now relax your body and watch this one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's um, exactly right. We could talk about the plot, but I think we've already covered the... I think so. I mean, the plot's so. not really that important. The, it's also the, the kind of thing beautifully simple. It's, it's, it's be- yeah. The plot is beautifully simple, but it's told in a way that is very yeah. kind of non-linear, very Gilligan, very Tarantino, kind yeah. of adopted by these filmmakers where it's like, we, why we, are these we, characters we know doing what this? we know. Oh, that's why. Exactly. We, yeah. we know what we know when we need to know it, in a yeah. sense, or when it's most interesting. And I think when yeah. we get those when characters' mm-hmm. perspectives and viewpoints, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's how, they, that's how they fit into this. It's Yeah. Yeah, and I actually just want to, as, as a final thing, I, I didn't want to miss out. I, I just want to, like, um, point out how good all of the acting is in this film. Not only oh, the yeah. main characters, but also just appreciating all of the side characters. All of the bad guys, all of, like, kind of the henchmen. Mm. Like, their sense of fear, their sense of, like, you know, worry. All the stuff that kind of could be thrown away and, like, like perfect example. Yeah. The fear shown in the eyes of the men who get kind of these, their own little scenes in these moments where like, you know, um, Cheyenne is taking the train carriage one by one. All of those guys have their moments in this mm. movie where they could just kind of phone it in or not, not be as good as they are, but they're fantastic. And then also, um, I, I maybe will try and pull up his name quickly, but I don't know if I'll be able to. But the guy who plays um, Harmonica's brother, 
was actually the oh. film's like production like coordinator essentially, <laughs> which um, Tari and I, I like have experience in those similar roles in on yeah, film sets yeah. and stuff. Oh, so it's yeah. like the idea that w- one of us could have been like you know Up what I mean. There. Like it's yeah, such yeah, a yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a it was it seems like such a tight crew. <laughs> but the idea that he plays such an iconic character, but not just plays him, like really does well. Like just yeah. is so believable. Is so well, like. I mean, I don't like, know. Not too much going on. I feel like they just got a whole I, bunch of like. I don't know. I just feel like. There you go. No, no, no. But I, I, look, he's not revolutionary. But I just feel like there's there's moments in films like this, and the Oscar goes too. There's <laughs> there's moments Random in films man. like that which are so small yeah. that could be that could be played small. And could be kind mm. of could take you out of it because they're like, ah, this this actor's terrible. Oh, they or just this, played you know. too big. Like if they'd given him lines or yeah. something like that. Yeah, but he just, I, for go, me, I was like, go, I, go, I, little America. I got, don't worry about me. I know that's instead, they're exactly like, silence. And music, I was like, I get the sense nothing. that they're brothers. I get the sense of how devastated. Like I was just like, this is great. And when yeah. I saw that he was just like, you know, it wasn't even really a professional actor, yeah. but also just this. Yeah, I just thought I, I was just. Maybe it's the sense that in in a lot of these kind of older films that I've seen, some of the acting is questionable, as it should be, because I think there was less, you know, just less actors out there, less training, whatever. Um, yeah, just everyone is just firing on also like the set builders, the 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 designers, oh, yeah. the, the production the, design. You know, the, oh man, the, the production design, you know, all this stuff, is insane. And yeah. they were doing double duty; they were doing costumes as well. Yeah, which is crazy. Like yeah. the amount of. And just the set, oh, some of those set, like the the yeah. one, the bar that they go into when when Jill is on her way to the, oh, the homestead. Yeah, it's like this weird oh post-apocalyptic. Shack. Yeah, look, remind, remind me of like Waterworld or something. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I also like? So much cool stuff in this. I like how much foreshadowing there is because, like, what's the, there's like two really prominent elements in the in that opening scene because mm. it's a pretty sparse location. There's mm. nothing you know there really to see, but there's the water dripping on. Um, Woody Strode's head. Yeah. And Woody Strode wrote in his biography, I did lots of movies and no one gave me a close up like Leone. Yeah. And he's not even in the, he's not, like, he, I, he was in the trailer. If you recognize like, him, he gets shot in the first 10 minutes. Woody, Woody Strode is also, uh, in Spartacus, he plays oh. the gladiator who, um, Kirk Douglas has to kind of fight to the death against. Oh. He's this incredible figure, yeah. incredible face of oh, kind yeah. of stone and Amazing. just like, yeah, you're right. And a, and a frequent Ford collaborator. So everyone was like, oh yeah, Woody. Yeah. 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 Um, there's the water dripping on his head. There's the water. That's a pretty yeah. big, important um, uh, like vignette motif little, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the movie. And then yeah. there's the train tracks, obviously, the yeah. modernity and the thing rolling in. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're set up. And then when when Jill arrives in town and no one's there to greet her, she gets on that. She she buys a ride with this cart driver and he's like, ah, this stupid railway, everything's too fast these days. And yeah. he tries running the railway workers off the... Yeah. And like, oh, this is... What the hell is this even about? And then it all comes together because these pieces are set up. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty fucking hot. (laughs) Pretty hot, if you ask. Hot one. Sexy movie. Um, God damn. Well, yeah, like you said, we could talk. I think we probably could talk for as long as this, about this movie for as long as it runs for, if not longer. um, Really rapid fire. Let's just wrap up with a few takeaways. Um, Yeah, it's a movie. It's a Western about Westerns. It's about the death of the Wild West and the death of the mythic West as seen on the silver screen and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's about time. We see a lot of, we see a lot of, um, clocks and stuff. Um, that one clock where the gun, the guy's gun is sticking out above it and it creates this shadow that anyway, we see a lot of clocks. It's about time. Time is the main ingredient in making a movie. So that only just adds to its reflexivity in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's subverting a lot of expectations. You go into a Leone film, 
Certainly the, the Dollars trilogy movies were so successful that everyone recognized the big dynamic openings with the title cards and everything. And then you walk into this and you're like, oh, silence. That's weird. And then out come the guns after 10 minutes of just waiting. It felt good to watch a movie with this much to like unpack. Unpack, yeah. Man, yeah. Like... yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I was... what an ending. You know, what a, what a pitch perfect ending mm. the way Shane dies like that and he's just thrown on the back of the horse and then out to the west. Um, harmonica goes because and it does feel like and then there was one kind of a thing it's like there's yeah. th- this is the yeah end. that's this it the I, it's like it's like literally the, the they're going has they're going to get to the yeah. atlantic and oh sorry that's the pacific and it's like well that's the west. end of the line that's basically. it yeah. yeah um there's that line where he says so you found out you're not a businessman just a man an ancient race yeah <gasps> <laughs> oh, Mickey oh, Knox, damn. baby, Mickey such a, Knox. It's such that a, is some good shit. Yeah, good yeah. fucking grief, man. Yeah. Oh, it's the kind of movie God. you could imagine, like a lot of people watching with their dads and like looking over, and their dads just in tears for some reason. You're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like just... your dad watching the big, <laughs> big whatever the fuck it's. Called. It's a big country. We'll get <laughs> it's there. A big Let's country. do it. We, we should do a, a big trilogy where it's big. No, no, no. Big Lebowski. No, no, no. And the big country. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wheel. yes. Um, all right, so next episode will be uh, Sergio Leone's second in his Once Upon a Time in, uh, in America or Once Upon a Time trilogy. Is that what it's called? Just Once Upon a Time, right? Once of, Once, the, the Once Upon a Time trilogy. Once Upon a Time. Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time in a trilogy. In a I trilogy, like yes, it. called um, uh, Fistful of Dynamite. Uh, or Dark You Sucker, depending on which part of the world you're listening. Yeah. And then the third one will be uh, Once Upon a Time in America, which in America. was kind of his one that, you, like you said, he wanted to make originally back in the, you know, this time yeah. around the late 60s. Yeah. I think it came out in 85. Something so like it's, that. Yeah, you, look at, you look at Leone's directing films and it's like all through, it's like one a year for, the, for all of the 60s, basically. Yeah. Um, the Dollars trilogy was all like 63, 64, 65 mm-hmm. kind of thing. Crazy, um, you know, uh, like strike rate oh, yeah. um, uh, very speedy and then yeah, oh, yeah. This, this one is far more kind of widespread so I'm really curious to see what he makes in like the mid 80s and what it what it's what it's about the differences the similarities and yeah. I guess it would be remiss of us not to mention the fact that um, yeah it's part of a trilogy uh, I don't think he ever intended this to be a trilogy mm. like we said he wanted to make a gangster film yeah this could just be a it'll gangster be, movie it'll be really it's a pretty contrived trilogy in a way that's the thing it'll be interesting to watch this one compared to the dollars yeah. because I've seen one or two of the dollars and obviously it's him it's and, a very very easy link between those yes three. whereas these ones I'm not sure if there is so we yeah. could be stretching but that's the whole point of this show is to figure out if there are links between these things and, and, you know, fuck it. We see America in three different stages. This stage, you know, the end of the West. The next stage, the Mexican Revolution. And the third stage, which is the gangsters. The gangsters. The gangsters. Yeah. At least we can go gangstery when we... Oh, yeah. You know, we'll be we doing should, cowboy we, accents we, all the way through this. But. Well, we can take off our cowboy hats and put on, uh, like... Yeah, we can or, hang or up the spurs. Or something. Hang up the spurs. Yeah. Get do, our do people and... hang up spurs? No. Um. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Okay. Horseback and <laughs> cowboy, cowboy, <laughs> metal horses. All right. <laughs> um, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, tune in again next week. We'll have two episodes coming out um, in the next two weeks' time, and then we'll take a break as we do for each trilogy for one week, and we'll come back with our next. Who, which you know, I'm already excited to spin that wheel. But mm. we'll see you again oh, next week for Once Upon a Time in No Wait. What's it called? Once Upon a Time in Dynamite? Uh, once upon a what's, time it called? what's it called? Once Upon a Time what's, Revolution. Uh, revolution. Yeah, yeah Once no, Upon a Time no, Revolution. No, or no. Duck You Sucker or Fistful of Oh, fuck! Uh, <laughs> tune in next week for Gee, Duck You Sucker, a.k.a. A Fistful of Dynamite, a.k.a. 
once upon a time of the revolution. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are getting ahead of... Oh, God. We're getting ahead of ourselves. like a a turtle without its shell in there. (laughs) I got tuberculosis of the throat. (laughs) Um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves.